podcast for not hearing me because the music's too loud <laughs> this is your podcast for giving up bad days bad ways unfortunate habits bad friends bad relationships bad food sometimes just giving up because life is too hard and as always i'm your host steven and i want to thank you yes you for joining me on this my journey of self-improvement of growth and of hopefully not sucking as much as i do already So if you've been with me for a while, you've been listening, which I know like a whole five of you do, then you will know that I am doing this mostly by myself, but today I'm very fortunate to be in a room of love, surrounded by okay people, and I'm not doing it alone, because I'm joined with a returning guest, that's right, no, it's not who you think they are. They're still dead, I promise. <laughs> Instead, I'm here with what? Well, you can introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name's Christina. It's good to be back. All right. If you don't remember, uh, Christina was here about a little over a year ago. Maybe a, it was a little bit over a year mm-hmm. ago. And I've known Christina for over 13 years now. And Christina is a very good friend of mine. I mentioned her uh, in my WrestleMania podcast um, called Becky Two Belts. You know, and, uh, you know, Christina and her partners, Sean and Melissa, are very good friends of mine, and I'm really glad to have you back with me. I'm glad to be back. I'm excited. That's good. No, so, uh, what, 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 what brings you here? What, why, why, why are you here? What, what's going on? What brings you out of that cesspool that we call New Jersey? Well, I haven't seen you in what feels like forever, at least in person. We try and contact each other at least once every couple of days. And I also haven't been back home in a little while. So I went to the Bronx yesterday just to go around my old neighborhood and visit visit some friends. And then I came up to see you and to hang out with you. Well, that's awesome. I feel loved. And I think uh, before that, we were talking about not just you coming down, but how you were hesitant in coming down and how your partners, again, the amazing Sean and Melissa, how they were <laughs> how they were telling you how that you need to take some time for yourself. You need to go out and to, to do something for you, you know. And so when I want to thank you for allowing me to be part of that. And also, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about even before you came, but you coming is fortuitous because, <laughs> you know, taking time to do things for yourself for me personally has been kind of a hard thing to do consistently because I don't know. I think, I think you can identify with me. You kind of grow up poor. You grow up 
not really with a lot of money and sometimes it's hard for you to like spend the money on yourself or take the time for yourself you know so do you do you don't let me just talk at you do, do you do for yourself do you take care of yourself i want to feel like i do there are moments where i'll you know buy myself a cup of coffee or you know like i'll buy myself something mostly food wise because that's just how i am i'm like oh this is me doing something for myself but it it's really not that much in comparison to what i should be doing so i was talking to someone and they're like oh, i want you to come down to the bronx and come see me and that felt like such a huge ordeal because i barely spend time with my spouses at least that's what it feels like sometimes because our schedules are so crazy and i don't want to miss a moment with them uh, previously we had issues where our schedules never matched up because I was working too much or they were working too much and that affected our relationship in a negative way. So I've always been extremely hesitant to just leave them alone. And that sounds a little bit overbearing and slightly possessive and that's because it is, and I have to admit it and I never really want to leave their side and that, and, and I know that's not healthy, but that's how I feel and I can't do anything about that. And I was talking to both of them at separate times and they both reassured me like you need to do something for yourself. We always want to spend time with you. We'll always love you, but you need to be your own person outside of us. And that kind of gave me the kick that I needed to make the trek out to the Bronx, the two and a half hour (laughs) bus and train ride, Um, getting there at 630 in the morning. And honestly, as soon as I stepped off, the sixth train, I felt so good. It felt like an accomplishment, even though the environment I was in didn't exactly match how I was feeling on the inside. It was extremely dark and gloomy and there was cop cars everywhere because, you know, the Bronx. But I felt successful in my endeavor of just doing something for myself that was outside of my marriage. And it was good to feel it was good to feel for once in a long time and then even coming up here to see you seeing you right in on your longboard blasting bts off of your alexa speaker <laughs> just i wouldn't have had that moment to remember if i had not have come outside of my comfort zone and done something for myself and come up to see you so now i'll have memories that'll stick with me for the rest of my life because i was able to step outside of my comfort zone oh do you feel like do you feel a lot of guilt when you when you do do things for yourself like like now i don't know do you feel any kind of guilt not being like at home or absolutely do you feel like you know because i mean i think that it's kind of hard for people to understand sometimes but not just with relationships money especially especially with money right you grow up you don't have you know, when we used to chill in the Bronx, I remember you and my ex, we used to literally, we'd go around and we'd ask people for like change and we would get 50 cents, right? We would go up. Oh, I just remember this. She and I would go out to people and be like, oh, um, I need 50 cents for the payphone. And they would give us change for the payphone and we would get 50 cents and we would split 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And she would get a bag of chips and I would get a bag of chips. And we didn't, we never had money, you know? Even when I was younger, my mother did a very good job of making sure that I didn't know how much money we didn't have. Like, mm-hmm. she always made sure that I had Christmas gifts, and she always made sure that I, if I wanted seconds, I could have seconds, you know. But as I got older, I, I became aware of the fact that, you know, we have no money, so I never felt comfortable doing things, going places, Absolutely. spending money. And then you hear a lot of people 
will say things like, like, oh, why does people, you know, why do they, they, these people, they, but these hood, these ghetto people, they buy their pinch of shoes and, oh, how they're on a line in the food stamp line and they have an iPhone and stuff like that. And I started to realize as I've gotten older that, you know, it's kind of hard because like you said, like you feel like a little guilt and you want to stay the people that you love, but not just the people you love, the situation you feel comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And when people on the outside look in, they might say to you like, well, why would you go out of where you live now to go spend time with people you don't see all the time when you have a loving home? And the same kind of thing, people will look at people who like don't have a lot of money, who spend it on things for themselves. And they'll say, well, you know, if you didn't buy an iPhone, you know, you could have a house and two cars. When <laughs> the reality is, is that not spending a thousand dollars is not going to alleviate the crushing feeling of poverty you know like you need to be able to allow to allow to do things for yourself it's like when we were it's like when we were kids like when we were hanging out when i was in high school it's very similar you would come down to see me we hang out and we'd split a five dollar plate of like chicken and rice from the halal cart that was outside of my spot or we would um take whatever scraps of food we had in my house and make a three-course meal out of it because that's what we had to do. I remember when me and my father were living in the shelter system, we literally would pick up dimes and nickels and go pay for dollar slices of pizza with dimes and nickels. So now when I live in Springfield in New Jersey, which is a decently nice area, I work in Milburn, which is an even more nice area in Jersey, and I see these kids coming in feeling ashamed of paying for a bottle of soda with quarters... I kind of have to laugh on the inside because we had it way worse. Yeah, man. Oh, I used to, I remember paying for Chinese food back when four chicken wings and fried rice was two seventy five and pennies, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember she was counting out the pennies and I felt so guilty. and I felt so bad. But why? You know? Why would we have to feel guilty about that when we're still paying for the food? You were still giving them a money transaction exchange for the item that you want, but you felt less than because it wasn't the conventional way of paying for it, which was paper dollar bills. What? I think it's because we're told, you know, like we're told like you should save every penny, you know? And I think that I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like 50 years ago, uh, we were completely different people because we weren't magically a different society, but things were different 25 years ago, 25 years ago. You know, something happened to you and you come home, somebody beat you up, you know, your mother would beat your ass and then send you out. And st- now people are more empathetic and understanding towards things. And I grew up in a time, because I'm a little bit older than you. I grew up in a time that I feel like I'm old. I'm only 33, but I, I grew up where people will tell you like, you know, like you need to save every penny. And I think I mentioned this last week's podcast. I grew up only thinking that the only way that I would ever live and that I would ever be like stable is if I lived in the projects. I remember when I was like 22 thinking to myself, well, now it's time for me to find a girlfriend and get her accidentally pregnant so that we could live in the shelter and be on food stamps because, you know, when you were raised in poverty and everybody, and that's everyone you know falls into that life. And then when you, when you don't like live that life you just feel guilty doing anything for yourself everything that you buy every little tiny thing and and it's like a self-hatred too especially 
when they opened up the Fordham, the, the Starbucks on Fordham in the Fordham Plaza, people that I know who were like very pro-black, very pro, you know, they're like, oh, they opened a Starbucks here. Oh, why are they opening this uh, white business here? And that's the thing, you know, I think it's so weird that like people of color, even poor people of color can afford $5 for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. You know, when I was working at Starbucks, people I worked with sometimes would be like, oh, everybody who comes in here is rich. And I'm like, we make more than a lot of people who walk in these doors, you know? And I think that society has like, there's like this weird guilt that we do to people where like without even knowing them, we just judge them for the things that they purchase. We just mm-hmm. look at their clothes and it's like, oh, she works at McDonald's, but she has a juicy couture bag and a nice dress. But we don't know. That could be her one fucking dress. That could be her one dress that she wears every day she goes out. She probably gets a dry clean, takes really good care of it, you know, because when you work hard, especially for pennies, saving those pennies is not going to change your life. Saving those pennies is not going to get you a mansion. You know, you say if you make $15,000 a year before taxes, saving every single cent you make wouldn't buy you a house in 15 years. And it's only in terms of self that we judge, I've noticed, because we were even talking about it today. Me and you went out to brunch and I told you out of me being thankful for you letting me crash here that I was going to buy you brunch. And you were like, cool, we go there, we eat, we had a great time. The check comes and you instinctively, well, well they did kind of hand it to you, which... No, I, he I was, didn't. I took it. Oh, okay. Well, you grabbed it yeah. and then you looked and then out of guilt, you were like, are you sure you want to spend this money? Because you didn't feel like you were happy with having me spend the money on you or not worth me spending the money on you. But I had no problem spending that money on you because you're my friend and I love and adore you. But... If I were to spend that same money on myself and just by myself, like no, like no else, no one else was like there to enjoy it with me, I feel terrible. I wouldn't spend that. I would not spend that amount of money just by myself. Recently, I took it was Melissa's birthday not too long ago, and then we celebrated our anniversary early this month. Um, we made seven years. Happy anniversary! Thank Woo. you. <laughs> so I took her out for both occasions, and she told me that she had a great time and it was great. And the amount of money I spent, it didn't matter because I was spending it on both of us and she had a great time. And I was like, you know, you know, like, I don't feel like lunch is enough. Like, would you want anything else? And she was like, oh, you know, maybe like a Lush gift card. And I was like, I'll do you one better. If you take me to the mall, I'll take you to Lush. You can pick out whatever you want. And she was like, cool. And I'm like, "I, I feel great because I'm doing this for her. If I took that same price tab of what I spent on both of us. And just try to apply that to myself. I couldn't find a good reason to spend that amount of money just by myself. And that's it. Like you always want to do for someone else and make yourself feel good because you're doing something for someone else. But then when you try to apply it just to yourself, you always feel guilty and you talk yourself out of it. I think it's funny because, you know, I spend way more money than people realize and people that I love and that I care about. I do that. all. <laughs> I do that all the time, you know, but I um. I do feel a lot of guilt when I buy myself things, but now that I'm older, like a few years ago, like I, I, I think I told you a story before where like when I was younger, I used to go, I used to walk past all these like coffee shops and I would see these people in there on their laptops. Ooh, I didn't have a laptop. I used to sneak my mother's laptop outside and stand outside and like try to get free Wi-Fi back when everybody's Wi-Fi was unsecured, right? And I used to always walk past these places and be like, oh, these white people. And I would just feel like left out. And I felt kind of excluded and I felt like I, I didn't belong. Then I realized that I have value and I can afford $5. 
And if I pay my $2, no matter how I pay it, I can be there. And so now I buy things for myself all the time. Even things I don't use. I buy video games that I don't play all the time. And people, they'll be like, why do you have so many video games? Because I want them. (laughs) Sometimes it's not even a monetary standpoint. Like me just making the trip out to the Bronx yesterday took a lot out of me emotionally because I was like, I have to go do this for myself. I have to keep reminding myself, like, this is for me. Oh, pat on the back. This is time for me. And I'm going to enjoy it. And I didn't even spend that much money in the Bronx yesterday. But just me going there felt like a lot to do. And it felt wrong because I was like, I should be home. I should be with my family. Even though it would make make no sense for me to be home because they would both be at work the entire day. And I would just be at home by myself. So just even from a non-monetary standpoint, just taking time out for yourself, whether it have money involved with it or not, doing something for yourself takes so much when most of your life has been dedicated to taking care of the others around you. Like, especially with our friendship, I feel like we've been back and forth for years emotionally doing things for each other because we couldn't financially do it because we were were broke, dumb Bronx kids. And that's just what we had and all we knew. And now that we're able to take, do things for each other monetarily, it feels so weird now. And we kind of have to talk each other into like, no, let me do this for you. And the other person goes kicking and screaming, <laughs> but we have, we have to do it. Like today you were like, I'm not sure if I want you to pay for brunch. And I was like, well, you did offer to pay for dinner. So we're even. And then you were like, okay, cool. We're even, but we had to be on an even playing field for you to feel comfortable with me paying for brunch. Yeah, cause true. that's just in our DNA at this point. Yeah. Cause I know what it's like to be broke, but like, like what are some steps that you yourself, Christina have taken to, you know, caring more for yourself and doing more for you. I realize, well, at first it was, it was a backwards way of thinking about it, but I realized that if I, my father had a really good saying, he didn't have many of them, but he had this one that he would tell me that you can't pour from an empty teapot because if there's nothing left for yourself, you can't give to anyone else. So I would always think of it in the way of, I need to make sure that I'm okay in some capacity because if I try and take care of others when I'm not okay, however, I try and make sure that my loved ones are taken care of is going to backfire because I'm not giving them my whole heart or the best advice or whatever they would need in the best way because I myself wasn't following my own instructions or advice. And then it just got to the point where I just want to be happy for myself. I love my spouses so much and i love you so much but i need to not as much not as much as just spouses yes yes yes, obviously yes there is a there is a 50 foot drop between my spouses and my love for you it's like a good space (laughs) but i need to be happy for myself i was telling you i was telling you earlier that i wore an outfit recently that had my arms showing. I hate my arms. I've always hated my arms. I hate my physical appearance. I saw appearance. Instagram. I saw you killing it on Instagram. I saw. <laughs> on the grounds. But the day I wore it, my wife walked into the living room. I had just gotten through crying and I had asked for a hug. And she was like, okay. She didn't think anything of it really because I'll usually do that because I'm clingy. And she stepped away and she saw me wiping tears from my eyes. And she asked me what was wrong. And I told her I had to sit in the living room for 45 minutes to make sure I did not talk myself out of wearing that outfit. 
because I've just hated myself for so long. But I like the way I look now. I really haven't changed much physically in the past couple of years. Like, I'm trying to get healthier, and that's what it is. But I don't feel like I've changed much physically. But mentally, I like the way I look now. So if I'm going to fucking wear a tank top or things that show my legs or things that show any part of my body, I'm going to do it for myself because it makes me happy. I like the way that I look finally. And I'm going to relish in that fact, and I'm going to take advantage of it. For however long it lasts, whether it be just for one day, I like the way that I look, or for the rest of my life that I do. But it took so long for me to get there. Why would I not enjoy that in myself? If someone else wants to call me pretty cool, that's their prerogative. I'll take the compliment and keep it moving. But I'm going to start calling myself that and appreciate that I am that and make it factual instead of just hoping and praying for it. And that's me doing something for myself, me taking time out for myself and appreciating the way that I look, not staring in the mirror for 15 minutes trying to find something wrong. I'm going to look at all the things that are right with myself instead. Look at all the things that are right. Sounds like a podcast title to me. Um, I think it's very funny because, oh, not funny, but it's a lot of, I really understand this because, you know, I'm a lot of time not loving myself. But one day I just woke up and kind of realized that I kind of like myself more than I dislike myself. And I don't love myself always. But something has happened where I kind of understand that I have a lot of value. And maybe that the things that I don't love about myself are either due to external things. Or really just a lack of me like caring for and loving for myself. And the key to especially improving your relationships, your your work life, you know is to really care for yourself. I was listening to um something. I was listening to Penn Sunday School and he was talking to someone and they and they were telling a story. This is like fifth hand conversation about someone who was telling them a story about a thing. And the thing the person was telling them was like how there was a theory that like there's like four burners, right? And in order to really succeed, the more burners you turn off of your stove, the more you succeed, right? And it's like family and friends, and work, and and love, right? And you have to pick which one that you turn off in order to be, to improve at the others. You want to succeed at work, you might have to eliminate friends and family, and only have your partner and in your work. But the truth is, is that, you know, it, it inside of you, it's bountiful. There's so much capacity for love and growth and, and everything inside of you and instead of turning off your burners, you kind of just have to start, you know, lighting light, light the flank yourself and start chopping down the trees and start throwing wood on the fire and building up yourself instead of cutting bits of yourself off from people. You know, one of those things and one of those burners, it was one of those things would be caring for yourself. You know, everybody thinks that in order to succeed, they give up health. You know, they give up their health or they give up maintaining their friendships, you know, but life is not yeah I got I got the perfect I got it I got it. it took me a second life is not like a gas stir stove it's like a, it's like a, it's like a funeral pyre no it's like it's like a campfire and instead of you know instead of it being the gas being doled out to you by some company and you have to turn off what you need instead it's infinite possibility and you have to put the work in to build it up you have to put the work in to to stoke those flames and they grow brighter and brighter. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes you need help, right? 
because we can't do everything alone. But it's really about you and building yourself up. And you have to be a little selfish sometimes. You have to put yourself first sometimes. And you have to love yourself first. Or else you cannot love others. That's it. We're great. That's so awesome. Look at me. I'm so freaking deep. What do you think about that? Agreed. 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 (laughs) Do you have something else to say? I'm listening. I'm listening. I know you are. It's just, you know... I think that's how we're able to appreciate each other now in terms of our friendship. It's we were so afraid to look after ourselves for so long, but we had no problem looking out for each other. We had no problem looking out for each other. And no matter how long we stayed radio silent towards each other for whatever it was, we always had the best wishes for one another, even when we didn't have them for ourselves. And you are the, main friendship I've attempted to maintain all these years as you continue to flex because you feel so proud that this is the facts, that this is the case. But you, I've gone out of my way to make sure that I contact you to make sure that we try and keep this consistent. And you've done the same. Yeah, I, and it's been incredibly We've grown difficult. so much. We've grown so much. Like, even when you lived in the city, we didn't see each other. But now... I travel to a different state to see you and you travel to a different state to see me and we see each other. Shall I say it almost frequently? Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me that I'm putting that effort in. And also it not only allows me to maintain our relationship, but it also, it helps me. Because it, it, it kind of serves both purposes because you coming to see me and vice versa, me coming to see you serves as us doing something for ourselves. I'm going to go see my friend. Me going to do this is going to make me happy. And then you going to see that person also makes that person happy in the process. So it's kind of killing two birds with one stone. But once again, I love my spouses to death, but you you and our friendship and our dynamic forced me to have to break comfort zones and travel back to the city. I never thought I'd come back after what happened with me and my family and my father. I never thought I'd come back to Port Authority, let alone any of the other boroughs. But knowing Port that... Port Authority is a borough, huh? It feels like a borough. <laughs> but knowing that I have you here in Brooklyn, I have to come to Brooklyn because you're here. If you were in Atlanta, I'd have to go to Atlanta because you were there. You are worth the travel. You are worth the effort. Maintaining our friendship is worth whatever it takes. And me coming to that realization has helped me realize that I have the capacity to do that within myself. I have the capacity of doing something for myself that's going to make me happy. Seeing you and maintaining our friendship makes me happy. And that's something that I choose to do for myself. Preach, sister. Preach. Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you get slight benefit out of it because you get to keep me as a friend so yeah just a little bit just a little bit i i feel so (laughs) you know i'm gonna be honest and say that i feel personally very fortunate i feel fortunate to not only have been growing to learn about myself and to love who i am but to have people like you in my life like you yeah they can't see you pointing at yourself but you, yes, you, because you're important. And you know you're important to me, right? I know. Because of what friendship is. 
right? Because without people that are surround you and help you and to bolster you and to push you to be better, there's really little in this world that's worth anything. But we have to love ourselves first. And the more you love yourself, the more you're able to love others. So I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for coming here. Thank you for having me on. Having you here is and doing this with me with the interruptions all day with the buzzing in the cars <laughs> but it had to be done I don't care because this is a memory that we have this is something that matters between us so I want to thank you me cry. I want to thank you and this time I'm looking at you I want to thank you for joining me on this my journey of self-improvement my journey of discovery a thing that I wouldn't have started or been able to do without you and if you or anybody else wants to be part of the conversation, of course, Art of Giving Up on Instagram.com, DA Art of Giving Up on Twitter, Art of Giving Up Podcast or gmail.com, and the Art of Giving Up on Facebook. We all know what we're doing. We all know that happiness is a habit. We all know that we're striving forward, driving towards one, one thing only. What's that? It's peace. Well, I don't, nobody ever says it with me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're moving towards one thing and one thing only. Peace. That's it. So listen, listen, I'm still recording. Check this out. I just want to throw this out there. A little extra thing, okay? That, you know, one of the big reasons... Just slam the door. It's okay. Just push it. One of the reasons that we do what we do and that we try to grow and be better is for the people we love, right? Absolutely. Right? So Sean and Melissa, everybody. Cheryl, Angie, uh, my mother, Adriana, all my... Sarah, everybody, everyone I know who who I love was my friend who knocks down my Alexas and slams into things and interrupts my podcast. I love you all, right? I would appreciate it. Damn right you do.